I love you. Hey, all you ladies, gents, and gentle folk out there. You're going to probably groan when I say this because I say it all the time. But it's true today. We really do have a very special episode for you. Yeah. I am the Green Traveler. And I am the Faceless Leon. Hey, I've been noticing the last couple of times. You know, you usually come up with something new each time. And the last couple of times, it's always been different. Last couple times you just have been like just very standard. Hey, all you people! Yes, and I don't know. You, you like that? You like what you're doing? I, I think it's uh, it's more it's more on a laziness. I oh, okay. uh, I'm not. Right. Yeah, there's I my my creativity ebbs and flows, and right. right now most of my creativity is going into a novel I'm writing. Oh, okay, sure. Oh, I didn't mean to call you out. I, I was just no, no. You're all right. It was a conscious change or not? No, yeah. It's it's really just laziness. Uh, now that I'm when usually I would think of these on my walk right before we record. I see. And uh, yeah, now now I'm more thinking on my novel when I'm walking instead <laughs> of anything else. <laughs> hey, though, you know, whatever. I I totally get that. I you gotta priorities. You gotta find time to think when you can. I I totally right. get that. You got to find time to meditate, too. Yeah. Take a moment. Take a moment to just sit and breathe, everybody. Yeah. Because today, (laughs) this is a bad one. (laughs) Today, we're talking A Quiet Place Part 2, where Uh, breathing is, uh, it's, it it could kill you uh, if you're very loud about it. If you're very loud about it, like if you're doing like really deep breaths and like doing the loud exhales. So, this is a stay or go. You know, we we like to have... These stare goes where we watch two movies and tell you which one we think you should spend your time doing. And today is a special episode because for the first time in 14 months, I return to the theaters, everybody. Yay! Oh. And I got it. It was so cold. lovely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was it was lovely though. Like when I think of the theaters, you know, for me it's always the the surround sound and the the giant screen. Like I love that, and it's all dark. You know, yeah. you you feel fully immersed in this this uh, event. But there's also the the issue of the loud people, the the crunching on snacks, the rustling drinks, or you know, sometimes you you hear people uh, just being really loud and vocal, or drinking. Uh, we may have gone to the theaters once or twice <laughs> with a bottle. <laughs> uh, Don't tell my parents that. It was interesting, you know, like especially when that one our one friend like dropped a bottle and like it oh just rolled God. all the way down to the front. Yeah. Oh, that was great. And then the people in front of us were like, "Oh, they're drinking. That makes oh, sense." That makes <laughs> sense. Oh, oh, I was so mad, man. I I did not want to get that in there. Uh, I, I I feel bad honestly for how mad I was about it. And because I was like, "You know what? I didn't want that to enjoy this 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 prequel to the Wizard of Oz that would need to happen. Oh, oh, right, that's right, that's right. It was the Great and Powerful Oz, wasn't it, with James Franco? It was Franco. so bad, and I see. I sh- I should have just let them enjoy it the way they wanted to enjoy it, so that at least there was some enjoyment out of this movie. Because I just there hated was no. that movie. That movie was bad. Yeah, there, secret there's silence. Oh. Yep. I was gonna say there's sirens. <laughs> sirens going off. Oh Zelda. 
Yeah, she's a she's a howler when she hears the sirens. Oh boy! Needless to say, I hate the sound now. <laughs> it, it's it's become terrible for me. But yeah, I, I finally returned to the movie theaters, and it was hilarious. Uh, they you know they required a mask even if you were vaccinated. They required a mask uh, outside of the theaters, but once you were in the theater, if you had a you know a concession or right, whatever, yeah. you didn't have to wear it. It's silly because nobody's gonna nobody's gonna wear it once they're inside the theater yeah. because you know they'll just buy popcorn and just be like yay. So are they roping off seats or anything like that? Nope, no roping off seats. I don't think there's any really way that the the theaters around us are trying to police the situation. I just don't think right. where we live where we live is an area where most of the people just don't care, and it's they, a little unfortunate. But but I'm vaccinated and I don't care. and i bought a popcorn and a drink because i wanted to enjoy the experience uh it was my first time back in a theater so i dished out the 40 odd dollars to do this and it it didn't actually cost 40 it was like 20 dollars for everything but i got into the theater and you know it it was memorial day weekend and the, the opening weekend for this movie i was like man it's probably gonna be a little packed Right. Nobody. Me and no. me and one other guy. Yeah. I walk in there. It's a small theater. There's one guy in there. He's maskless. He turns around. He's like, "Oh shit, I uh, I thought I was gonna be alone." And I was like, "Yeah, it's no worries, man. I'm gonna sit over here on this side, and you will be fine." He's like, "Good," because I I didn't want to wear a mask. <laughs> and I was like, well, "I got popcorn." I like held up my popcorn. I'm like, well, "I got popcorn, so I don't fucking care, man." <laughs> It was hilarious. It was like it, it was a weird, weird like Futurama kind of thing where it was. Mm-hmm. It was like this is the new future. Is when I you walk in a room, it's like oh I'm vaccinated. We're we're good, right? Like yeah, yeah, we're okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, society now. Uh yeah, uh go get vaccinated. Uh, they're just handing them out. You know, you, you got you got five minutes. Go to the center. Get it. Amen, sister. But let me talk about a quiet place because you didn't you didn't go I see know. it. So this is kind of like harken back to our very first stay or go where I went to see uh, Tenet and we both watched right. Mulan and uh, later we'll, we'll later we'll talk Cruella a uh, very odd parallel I didn't realize that that was gonna be yeah. <laughs> two Disney Plus premieres that's that's pretty funny and that brings in the argument again I bought a large popcorn or not a large popcorn I bought a small popcorn small drink. And one movie ticket cost me twenty dollars. Right. And to stay at home on my couch and watch Cruella with my own snacks, yeah, cost me thirty dollars. Yeah. So that that brings in the argument: which does that does that change things? And so we'll, we'll get into that later on. But right. excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> amateur podcaster hour. So so a quiet place. Um, the first one. Highly mm-hmm. recommend anybody to go see that in theaters. It- I did watch it to, to prep, but but honestly, I, I really did think I got so used to the movies coming to home. Mm-hmm. I really thought I was going to be able to to stream this one somehow. <laughs> Sadly, John Krasinski, the uh, the director, and he starred in the first one. He he wanted it to be because it is a theater experience. It you is. know, it's it's very much about the sound design. And not everybody, as he said, is going to have that surround sound stereo system no. that'll fully immerse them in the horror of this movie. Because that that's where the horror comes from, is that sound element. Right. And and in the first one, it, it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Highly recommend seeing it in theaters because it is worthy of that experience. 
I never managed to see it in theaters, and I do regret that. Because you can yeah. tell from watching it at, at, at home. Like, you get that. You get that at home. Mm. But if I had... It's not the same. If I had 30 speakers in the same room, it would be a whole, a whole totally different experience. Right. Because the, it's not just silence that they're playing with, because you, you got all that ambient noise that, that is in, in the shot and the scene. And a lot of that's dead upon the small screen. So I understand where he's right. coming from. I mean, so so my experience with it in the theaters with that first movie was, you know, normally, as I said, you have a noisy audience. It's, you know, people yeah. are always chewing, they're slurping, they're talking, their phones are whipping out. That first movie, everyone was silent, like dead silent, because <laughs> nobody wanted to disturb it because it's yeah. so much in quiet that everybody's just sitting there like, oh, no, if I eat my popcorn, it's going to be real fucking annoying, isn't it? <laughs> and so people, like, I swear, like, nobody was doing anything. They were, we were all just glued to the screen watching this, and then during the action scenes when there was noise... That's when I heard <laughs> people like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like Stress fucking eating. saying this. This is crazy. <laughs> Stress eating during the action scenes. It's hilarious. It was great. It was brilliant directing. Like, highly applaud uh, John Krasinski. He, he just, he, phenomenal director, de- uh, directorial debut. And, but what really made that first movie was him and Emily Blunt, his real life wife's chemistry. Yeah, they're Because, good. like, so good and it is i mean being a actual couple i think really helps it but like them and the kids uh millicent simmons and noah jupe are the ones in a quiet place part two i believe there's another one in the first one but you yeah. know spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 so wonderful but the problem with the second movie and why i'm not sure if i would overall recommend going to see it in theaters is it's very familiar Sure. It's it's much of the exact same. So that he doesn't... The problems with it is it, it's a great movie. I'm not going to deny that. It's a really good movie, really good horror film, and I really enjoyed it. And again, the, the noise design is pristine. Like, the introduction of the film is like this five-minute opening scene. Uh, John Krasinski's in it, so if you haven't seen the first one, spoilers for five minutes. Obviously, that this is day one. Uh, yeah. The opening... The opening introduction is day one. Uh, it, it opens up on a stoplight, and the only sound you hear is that stoplight, like clunk, clunk. <laughs> and it's just, wow. it's really good. Like it's really great design because, like, with every with every sound you hear, you're just like, ooh, is a monster gonna come? Because they haven't told you. I don't, I don't remember if they told you that it was day one at that point. So it's yeah. just like, oh fuck, you know, here comes a monster. In you hear a car driving up, and you're just like, ah. And then, like, day one comes up and you're like, oh, whew, I can relax a little bit. Yeah. And, like, it's... Maybe it hasn't quite happened yet. And that intro's great because it, it sets up a lot of stuff that happens at the end. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff like that comes full circle and it's, you know, really good storytelling. You know, just, you know, foreshadow it, Chekhov's gun kind of thing. Well, that, honestly, just with that alone, kind of piques my interest a little bit more into it. Because you had told me... Uh, because I, I was kind of letting you be the guinea pig of, of going, right. going back to the theater. Because uh, I think I might have mentioned on on the show before, but my wife has an autoimmune disorder. 
And so we are, you know, extra cautious about the pandemic and probably will be more cautious about our health in the future. But uh, we wanted to know about the crowd and you said there's hardly anybody there. And so we were like, oh, well, maybe we will go. But then you said that the movie was more of the same. And I said, well, we do know what that movie is all about. However, I haven't had that first experience. So from what you just said about about the plot of the movie, that does pique my interest again. I I am yeah, too. and <laughs> I do I do recommend it in the theaters. Yeah, but I do I do warn you that he doesn't take risks. He, it's That's it's very much just another story set in this universe. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it follows the same characters, but it's just like it's it feels very episodic. You know, it's kind of like a television show. You know, you had the first season with the first movie here, second season, where it's like we're following a new story arc. It's, you know, it's another kind of like now it's the kids turn to overcome. You know, Emily Blunt had her moment in the first movie. Now it's the kids turn. Well, I can see why that would be disappointing because that first movie was so new. Like not that many people play with the idea of silence in their films and actually pull it off. Like yeah, it, it that movie it, is very masterfully done. Yeah, and he definitely pulls it off here, and and they yeah. they you know they do a couple more things like they add on to the science and all that kind of stuff behind oh, it, cool. and you you get peeks at society. You know, the first movie we were just very located on one family. This movie you get to see other groups of survivors and how other people are doing. You know, you have your you have your like torturous like crazies you know the people who are like killing for fun like those crazy people and then you have this like little peaceful community off on an island kind of thing so it's you know there is good still in this world and there's you know there's a lot of room for hope and it it is a good movie but it's also fairly predictable it's you know it's kind of again it's familiar so they don't really do much there's there's like a lot of characters make some questionable decisions that really just bothered me, but that it was obviously decisions made to set up a scare or a very obvious scare. Like Millicent Simmons, the the daughter, right. she's like walking down, she's walking down a road and she has the whole road to her. There's nobody else around her. She's just, she's walking down this road and there's a, 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 or, or a railroad, I think. It was, I think it was a railroad because there's a train car in front of her. And she she comes up to the train car. Now, if you or I are like if if we're focused on getting to a a goal to a right. a place, we're gonna walk around the train car and just yeah. keep going. And that's all she's got to do is she just she wants to keep going to where she's off to. Yeah. So she walks through the train car, <laughs> and it's just it's very obvious setup for like okay something's gonna happen in here like there's gonna be like right. a dead body or some kind of jump scare and right. or like, she's gonna make a noise because it's unfamiliar terrain. Yeah, and, and yeah. she is also deaf, and so she doesn't know when these monsters are coming because she can't hear them. Yeah, and she can't she doesn't know when she's made a noise. So it's like it, there's a lot of great directorial setups for scares but why the characters do that just makes no sense it's like why would you walk in here and they, and they give her a reason like she's going to get like a med kit oh, but she never use she never uses the med kit and oh, that's you presume 
Yeah, and she's carrying a backpack, so you, like, presume she already has all of, like, her med supplies that she would need on the journey that she thought she was going to have to make. Like, it, it's it's weird. I didn't, I didn't like it, but it doesn't hurt the movie because the scare is still good. The horror is still good. The story is still good. Emily Blunt, still an amazing actor. She does a great performance here, as do the kids. I really liked, uh, they, they do a lot with Noah Jupe, the boy in this. Okay, cool. uh, he was a good character, I'd say, in the first movie, but he wasn't, definitely wasn't overly focused on. Yeah, yeah, and they, they really do, yeah, they definitely focus on both kids again, uh, heavily on this one, because they kind of, they tell a two-pronged story, like the daughter goes off on an adventure, and the, the boy is staying with Emily, and... That story, like, you know, it follows both of them. And honestly, I really only cared for the daughter's story. But the son had a really good story, too, and he did a great job in it. But the only reason I cared for the daughter's story more is because she's with Killian Murphy, who I fucking love Killian Murphy. He's an in Inception. He's in a lot of things. He's in the Peaky Blinders. Um, right. But, like, what I know him from is Inception and the Dark Knight trilogy. Right. Where he plays the Scarecrow. He's an interesting he's... actor, for sure. Oh, yeah, I love him, and he is by far the best thing about this Quiet Place Part 2. Like, cool. phenomenal job. Like, I really loved his character, uh, what they did with him, his story, his background. Like, it's it's very good. But, yeah, I, I recommend it just solely for Killian Murphy, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, it's, it's a fun tag along you know it's a fun sequel like it, it, it's a great ad you can watch both of them back to back like they're setting up a good kind of a marathon franchise one, yeah yeah so like least. he can just keep doing this he can just keep doing these little episodic film like films and the only thing i ask is that you you just take risks john because yeah, you do yeah. something more you did, you did like, something go. so outstanding you can't just keep on doing the same thing <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta build it you gotta do something else that like that floors us i don't know what that is but just do it <laughs> i'll tell you if if i may i'll tell you yeah I, I i am reconsidering whether or not to actually go into the theater for it because nice. i did not have that you know experience with the first one i missed out and i'm thinking on it but i also think for the same reason uh, that I stated earlier, maybe I will just wait for being able to rent it. We'll just have yeah. to see. We'll just have to see, but I, I really do recommend it. I give it three stars. You know, very fun movie, if predictable at times, but yeah, that's A Quiet Place Part 2. So let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's move on to the main event. Cruella. Cruella Deville. Disney's oh, continuing man. their fucking all we can do is live action remakes of our animation. <laughs> yeah. So I have to say though, this is But been, with a twist. At the very least, this has been I, I'm not gonna say that it's like an uh, original story by any means, but at the very least they did something new with the character. Like, right. they tried that with Maleficent. And that just that movie just mm. wasn't well well executed, I think. I think the idea was good. <laughs> like, they could I feel like I, sh- I need to give it... 
I need to give it another chance. I think yeah, <laughs> I was uh, really, I was honestly, really harsh on it. I, I, we ended up watching the sequel one that sequel one night, and I was like, I think this movie's better than Maleficent. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like very rare and hard to do it itself but this movie i i honestly like the kind of the twist that they kind of uh added on to it it was so high drama yeah. that it was comical and it was exactly that was exactly the point right so i i, I think oh i guess i'm kind of giving the re- review before i give the synopsis so i'll go ahead and jump into that so yeah. Starring Emma Stone as Estella Cruella, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Estella, Estella, like walk, uh, yeah, uh. whose natural hair colors are black and white, split down the middle. Yeah. Uh, nice, yeah, I love it. So that this is like the first <laughs> like five seconds of the film that you find that out. So I don't feel like that's really a spoiler. Yeah. and and also like in that first five seconds, she Emma Stone talks like you, you hear her voice right. in the background like she's na- she's narrating the film and what she does with her voice like in those first five seconds when you hear her voice i'm like oh that's fucking perfect like yeah you're great i i think she she did it right yeah and uh yeah it, so she her mother it, it is very supportive but also tries to knock down her ego because mm. uh she has estella has quite an ego and they call the ego Corella and that's the yep. cute story she kind of just becomes that character later on but anyhow something happens to her mother then she ends up on the streets of London and she meets young Horace and Jasper who are two little street thieves and yes. they teach they together become the three best thieves in in, in London and I think yeah. that that idea is great. Before we move on, who plays Horace and Jasper? Oh yes, thank you. Uh, I don't know about the young ones. I know, I know. I wrote down Joel Fry plays Jasper. Yes, that is correct. Oh. And Paul Paul Walter Hauser is Horace. You know, I really, I really enjoyed them. They're a lot yes. of fun. They have good chemistry together too, and with right. Emma, they do really do. They're oddly like the the good cops for her like yeah. you know, she's like very much the yeah, bad cop and they're just like oh come on you can you can be nice here <laughs> her ego does get the better of her and it, it's fantastic and very well i don't know if foil is the correct term anyway emma thompson does a great job as the baroness <laughs> yes baroness von hellman yeah i love i love she's emma great. thompson in this too yeah. she where where uh where Emma Stone is perfect as Cruella, Emma Thompson is perfect as the villain for Cruella. Yes, it was a <laughs> it was amazing. I was so surprised at her performance. I mean, it's it. I feel like it's something she's done before too, though. At the same time, but it just fit the story so well, and like right. just immediately you you want to know more about the Baroness. But anyhow, uh, how she fits into the story, Estella starts, so Estella makes costumes for all of their heists, and Jasper, who's dotes on uh, Estella, convinces her to try to go legit and work in the fashion industry, and that eventually leads to a job with the Baroness. Right. Eventually, Estella decides, which I'll leave for the audience member, that she is a rival for the Baroness. And that's where her alter ego, Cruella, really comes into play. 
and she's making all yeah. these big public events happen and it's great it's a party yeah they're they're upstate she's upstaging the baroness like, yes, constantly, like constantly and it's it's so so fun and maniacal yes i yes. love it and then oh. eventually eventually the story gets to a place that you find out that the the baroness is really willing to go pretty freaking far to yeah. to for for little gains even for like uh-huh. for herself so cruella decides that she can't just do this to upstage her she needs to take down the baroness and that's pretty much the plot yeah it's it's fun it's it's, it's a lot fun. of fun i wasn't I wasn't expecting a lot of it because I avoided the trailers for this. This was one of those films that even though I like Disney and I, you know, I want them to pay us. Right. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but <laughs> I'll chill out for Disney. Where's my $4 million deal? Oh, $4 million. Yeah, Disney. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've already pitched so many TV show ideas. Like, you know, just, just pay one intern to like listen to this fucking podcast and then just shill some money our way. Like, come yeah. on, damn it. Oh, we did but, so many of your movies. But as excited as I am for Disney, as much as I do love their films, I'm not really terribly excited about their live action work. No. And especially their live action work centered around retelling their animations through right. the eyes of the villains. Because the only one I've seen that I can think well, of it, is it's Maleficent. Maleficent. Yeah. And, yeah. And that one and, was a little disappointing. You were definitely way more disappointed in it than I was. But yeah, it, yeah. I've never, I've never wanted to leave the theater before, and in that, in that movie, I literally just like tugged on your sleeve, and I was like, Blake, yeah, can we go? And you were like, No, we paid like forty dollars for this. And I was like, Ah, and I was invested enough. Like it was a, it was definitely a little. I don't know what to say. It was at first, but at the end, it was, it was pretty bad. But at first, yeah. I was like, Okay, this isn't. It's a little kitty. More kitty than I thought they were going to go for because it's Maleficent. Right. She's the freaking mistress of evil. Right. Yeah, it's a complete... They take that same idea, but it's it's just executed so much better. It, it really, yeah. I think, works really well. Yeah, it's a very, very fun film. And even though the script is so terribly goddamn <laughs> predictable... Yes. Like, is, yeah. that's, my, that's my biggest issue with this whole film is I predicted literally everything that was going to happen it, it, even even the dialogue like like i'm saying every word that they're saying before they say it it needed another rewrite like yeah uh in fact i said a couple of those things out loud when i was watching with my wife and my cousin and my cousin was like blake you need to stop saying things <laughs> they're coming true right it's. It, I mean, it, I don't want to be mean to the the writers are Dana Fox and Tony McNamara, and Tony McNamara wrote the favorite, which uh, started Olivia Coleman a couple years ago. I really liked it, uh, and Emma Stone. I think. I don't think I'm I not sure. That one. It, it was a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. I, I might be thinking of the wrong mo- the wrong film, but I think I'm right. <laughs> I'll delete. I'll delete it otherwise. <laughs> but they are good writers. It's just it didn't it didn't feel like this one was Disney polished enough. You know, it, it seems like Disney had polished the story and the story beats and right. made it a very fun and enjoyable film. But that script, like as you said, there were there were so many moments where we filled in the lines before it fucking happened. Right, right. But other than that, that you know, that was literally like the only 
big issue that I had with the film because, well, I have, I would say, I have a, I have a morally gray area issue with the film, which is, uh, the, the one thing, the one thing I didn't want them to do was make me feel sympathy for Cruella de Vil. Right. Because the, the bitch kills dogs and puts them in the coats. Yeah. That's her, that's her character. Yeah. Or at least attempts to. Yeah. And within the like first five minutes of this film, they give you an emotional understanding for why she wants to kill Dalmatians specifically and put them in the coats. Yes. And, and I hate them for that. I hate but, them for making me feel at the sympathy. Same time, it fucking worked. I didn't want it, that to happen either. I really was hoping that at the end of the movie, Emma Stone would be a villain. There is a good justification for liking her, for feeling sympathetic yeah. for her, because she this in my opinion, this is a standalone film. They say they're making a sequel, we'll find out. Uh, but no. right right now right, yeah, right now this is a standalone film and in my opinion, it doesn't lead into where the animation character happened. You know, she doesn't do the same things. I I, I can happily watch Cruella, the live action film. That we just watched, right? And believe that she does not go on to kill Dalmatians and put them in the coats. Right. I can believe I that can believe and feel that totally happy. It, so there is something that happens in the movie that is kind of a joke slash uh, uh, alluding to it right. happening. And I feel like this movie is like the true life story of this legend that. Stella created yeah. and and the 101 Dalmatians is like a, a, an urban folk tale that like happens that. around her character that's what I feel I heard this at uh, somebody I can't remember who but uh, and I feel bad because I'm not I don't want to take credit for it because it's totally not mine sure I, I can't remember where I heard this from though but somebody compared this to Disney's version of the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix like right yeah that they, movie they, was super non sequitur Exactly. They they took this character and you know they they told a completely different tale. It's not the original character. You feel sympathy for them. Right. You understand their issues, but they are still a villain. Yeah. And that's the same thing with Cruella. She 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 still th- does things that are very villainous, and you're right. just like, oh, why why are you like this sometimes? Right. Right. But typically, Jasper and Horace. Uh, I think it's Horace, right? Yes, Horace. Yeah. 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 Typically, they you know they bring her back down to a more anti-hero level so it's nice but i would say she's an anti-hero that's a very good label for this corella because she has the ability to make big things happen it's up to her whether or not they're selfish or giving exactly i did want to say one thing yes uh, that did bother me about this movie is at the top of this movie there was a shit ton of montages there was like three or four montages in a row and, right. and I was like, man, I think I'm going to start not liking this movie if they don't start telling, showing me this story instead of yeah. telling me it. And some of the things that they skipped over were all the heists that they did as kids and then growing into adults. Like, it was just all right. done in montage. And I felt like you could show me uh, a couple of short scenes or even, like, one scene that bleeds into another scene of two heists that they did as kids and then adults mm. that that felt like oh a whole lot of time transition that they've been doing this same thing having right this. i agree wholeheartedly uh I, I think i've stated on the podcast before but i always love to state i hate montages yeah. i think there's a way to there's a way to do them and that way is rocky uh rocky you know it's, it's <laughs> a rocky it. montage yeah. 
if if you need if you do need to get from point A to point B and what happens in you know in the middle there is absolutely boring to watch but can be made interesting in a really quick scene like a montage or like a you know a workout scenario where Rocky's right. just running through the streets of Philadelphia that's great that's you know and and they made it really pumping and entertaining and it's fucking yeah. great and an awesome I, song as much as I hate the montages because there are so many of them I do think they were necessary in this movie, but I do also agree that they could have done it as like yeah. in the middle of a heist. Like you watch their first heist and you cut to them doing a heist in the you know in adulthood, it'd be yeah. fine. That would have been. I mean, I've, it's been done before, but it would have worked. Yeah. I think I would have been personally more entertained, right? Because it was like it was like three minutes of montage. I swear. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. It was very long. It's like I was watching a Harry Potter movie again, like flying <laughs> through the. Flying through all that newspaper shit, <laughs> but I think you're—they're just walking a fine line though. Where with the kids, where they probably like shot scenes and thought this is more believable if we just put in a montage, <laughs> because maybe they weren't the—they were—they were good child actors, but they weren't like amazing child actors. You know, it's at first I really thought that that uh, young Horus was better than the adult Horus. At first, <laughs> because I thought I don't I don't know uh, Paul Walter Hauser really. I think he was in that movie about that guy who called in the bomb threat, but he was. You remember that? Yeah, I, I kind of remember. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. But I can't tell if he's putting on an accent or not. Like mm. I feel like you can tell that Emma Stone is putting on an accent, but it works so well for the character. That right. I don't care, and she's great. Um. But eventually, his accent really worked for Horace. I really fell yeah. in love with Horace by the end of this movie. I thought <laughs> he was a great character. It's also yeah. just, it's really just my favorite depiction of these three characters' dynamic. Because really? I, I, okay, Hugh Laurie is yeah, great. That's, that's... But I just watched that movie the other night because I wanted, I guess, more Corella. And Glenn Close yeah. is great. But they're just so vicious. <laughs> they're yeah. not even that vicious. They're they're almost harmless in their incompetence. But like there's but, at one point Hugh where Laurie. Hugh Laurie Yeah, Hugh Laurie is great. I I can't argue with you. Hugh Laurie though, he, at one point he's like, Okay, well, it's time to kill the puppies. And uh <laughs> Uh, Arthur Weasley, I, that's all what I'm going to call him because I don't remember the actor's name. Arthur Weasley says, well, isn't that Mr. Skinner's job? And he's like, yeah, but why does he get to have all the fun? And then he like picks up a blunt object. And then Arthur Weasley breaks the desk he's sitting at and takes the leg. And then they're going to go pledge in some puppies. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> they're they're brutal but uh, but it's beautiful they're, they're beautiful people <laughs> it's you laurie and arthur weasley <laughs> i don't i don't remember his name either i could search to my notes because i'm sure we've watched no i think i'm just gonna call him arthur weasley but yeah, it's fine too he was in doctor who by the way i, yes. I remember that fact yes. <laughs> rory's dad oh, i love him but i just like that these three characters actually love each other that's just really cool yeah. to me and then they're and they're also thieves and it, they yeah have fun doing it i think i think it was a lot of fun 
Right. I do like the take. It, they are they are very fun. I I don't know. I'm just very biased to Hugh Laurie because he's yes. one of my favorite actors. So, yeah. but they they do a great job. I do like Paul Walter Hauser and Joel Fry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked his emotion that he brought to the character because there's see more. Him doing some pretty big lead roles here in the future. He, he has right. he has some. Well, he's good looking. There's that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, there's another there's another guy that, that I wanted to mention was Mark Strong. I really like Mark oh, Strong's yeah, character Strong in this. I don't remember his character's name, but he's uh, he he ends up becoming an ally for Cruella, and he's a lot of fun too. I love he's his build as John the Valet. <laughs> oh, fabulous! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, he, his dynamic he he's a very stoic, quiet, yes, more quiet guy. He's Mark Strong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then putting that dynamic with the uh, the the thieves was a lot of fun. I, he yeah. was just he fit in so oddly, and it was yes, great. It was fun. Well, I think I do think we're close to, or we're at closing statements. Honestly, I do too. Because there's not really again. They're both both of these films that we watched, or that I I watched one and we watched Cruella together. They're new releases. Mm-hmm. There's not too much we want to give away. I mean, I'm sure we've spoiled some things on accident. Sorry, sure. people, but. You know, a lot of it, I I think both of these films are films I would recommend and I don't want to disclose too much about them because, you know, go out and watch them. Yeah. But I'll, I'll lead into my closing statement with Cruella. Uh, it's it's directed by David or uh, Craig Gillespie, who directed one of my favorite horror films, which is Fright Night. Wow. It's the remake of, you know, the remake of Fright Night. It's the one with um, David Tennant. So that's, that's really why right. it's one of my favorite horror films is because I love David Tennant. And uh, just crazy mad. And <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig Gillespie also directed I, Tanya, uh with Margot that Robbie. Good. That was really right. good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with what he's doing. Uh, the, the montages were a little too much. There's a lot of this story that is, you know, I, I don't I don't really give a damn for a lot of this film. There's, there's so much that I'm just kind of like, man, I just kind of zone out. And then I come back when it gets interesting again. Right. It, it's not very engaging. Hmm. It, but but when it is engaging, it's a riot. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, the acting's great. Uh, yeah, but you know, again, predictable story. But but it does have Glenn Close's uh, seal of approval because she produced this. Oh, really? So that's I nice. That. Yeah. She also Glenn Close also just donated uh, a whole uh, repertoire of costumes from her career to the iu art museum so oh, nice it's on ex- exhibit now oh that's so awesome yeah so you know if you're in the area go check it out but yeah it's cool i think that's pretty cool but, but I, I give it two and a half stars it is it is very good but there's you know it, yeah. it's so fucking predictable that like i can't give it i can't give it more than two and a half stars but i do highly recommend it yeah definitely i i give it a full face I feel like if if it had just a couple less montages and replaced those with scenes, and who knows? I mean, maybe they were like, okay, this movie's getting a little too long. We should cut these scenes and to get from here to here, just do a quick montage. It oh, yeah. It, a production thing. It is like two fucking hours, it is, isn't it? It is. And, and that last hour is awesome. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I it was it was a lot of fun, but there's a that those montages in that first 
bit, it does drag it down. It makes it less engaging, like you said. For that reason, I'm not going to give it a face and a half, even though I had a really good time watching this, and I 100% recommend mm. it. And so I guess that all that leaves is, uh, is it worth it to go see A Quiet Place in theaters? Because that's all you can, uh, Quiet Place Part 2, that is. That's the only area you can see it. It's not streamable yet. Cruella's in both in theaters and on Disney+. Plus. So, but you have to pay $30 to watch it. And and I think it's only available for like a month, right? Like, isn't it going after a month? I believe everybody can stream it after a month. Well, at least that's how it was with Mulan. Oh, that's how it is. Okay, gotcha. I thought maybe they'd like leave it to the theaters. Right. That might be be HBO. HBO might only do it for a month. Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. Right, right. But uh, with Cruella specifically... I say buy it on the couch, you know, buy it on the couch, buy it on, buy it on Disney Plus and sit on the couch and watch it. I don't think it's worth going to the theaters. There's nothing like super exciting, especially if there's going to be a lot of kids there. Yeah. Like, you, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to sit through that. Like yeah. kids, kids in theaters, you either have sleeping kids because the movie's so goddamn boring and put them to sleep like Tom and Jerry maybe. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but with Cruella, like, I kind of imagine them being very riley and like running around screaming a lot. But also... Uh, they, like, the, if you have 101 kids, imagine Ooh. how much money you're saving if you yeah. buy, it, buy it for $30. It's true. That's that's very true. Quiet Place Part 2, I mean, it, it's more of the same. If you haven't, like as, like you, if you haven't seen the first one in theaters, yeah. go see this one because, you know, it is a good experience. It's very fun to get immersed in. And, you know, it is meant to be watched in the theaters. That's that's always something I like is what the, the director wants. And he, right. he made this to be watched in theaters. And he did a great job. You know, I really – I love John Krasinski as an actor. I've never honestly watched The Office. Sorry, people. I've watched some but, of The Office. He's, he's yeah. the better part of The Office. I'll say that. Right. He's the better part of most of everything he's in because he's he's great. Yeah. And him as him as a horror director, I'm all in. There's a little, you know, there's a little too much reliance on like jump scare-ish kind of things, but sure. he really sets up a good scare and he makes the jump scare worth it. You know, he he earns the jump scare. I would say I guess that I would recommend going to see a quiet place part 2 over Cruella if you've been vaccinated. If you've been uh, vaccinated. and if you want to and if you want to return to the theater experience. But if you don't want to return to the theater experience, you can wait until Quiet Place Part 2 pops up on the a streaming website or on DVD or whatever yeah, the fuck. it's going to be on Paramount Plus uh, June 12th. Uh, so oh, if God. you watch Paramount Plus, you can do that. But I think at that point, too, they probably will start renting it. I'm not going to grab another stream or a <laughs> stream no, site or whatever, no. stream service. Not right now. If, maybe if we get more uh, patrons on our Patreon. So if you want to check that hey, out, maybe patreon.com slash greenfaceless. So you heard it here probably last. I don't know. We, we say it a lot. So is that our show? I think so. My dog's going to be barking for the next 10 minutes. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hard uh, close. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm really excited to be back to the theaters. You know, it's always been one of my favorite things. You know, as I oh, said before the pandemic, before the pandemic, I was going once a week, yeah. if not twice a week. Sometimes when there's a lot of you know summer right. summer blockbuster seasons coming up, so that's gonna be crazy for me. You know, I'm I'm really excited, and this was a good one to return to. I really enjoyed the Quiet Place Part Two, and you know, also Cruella recommended both. Nice. I've been the Green Traveler, and I have been the Faceless Leon. 
Thank you, Couch Potatoes. Safe shadow. <laughs> Safe shadows. Safe shadows. <laughs> and good fright. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.